Mendoza presents The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle and Adam Wild. Did you want to start? Oh, yes. Hey. Hey. I got something. Uh, that we talked about last show, uh-huh. and then uh, I saw it on Twitter okay. right before we began, and I think it's funny. Uh, remember how I was talking about, oh, the Rangers shouldn't be that bad. They got Brendan Smith. They just got him. He's pretty new. Mm-hmm. Short up blue line. From Detroit on the tra- at the trade deadline last year? Detroit. You have any friends that call it Detroit? No, because I don't think that's how you're supposed to pronounce it. Oh, it's for sure not, but I knew a bunch of people who called J- it Detroit. Joe Bowen. The Leafs de- defeat the Detroit Red Wings. Detroit. Anyway, Brett Kurgalis? Kurgalis? Kurgalis. Can you tell sure. us what outlet he works for? Brett. I can't. Smith. Let me see. Sports writer at the New York Post. There you go. He says, Brendan Smith on the ice for NYR Extras Skate Ooh. means he's likely a healthy scratch tonight. Wow. McDonough skating after yesterday's maintenance day. Brendan Smith, by the way, just started a four-year, $4.35 million contract. Remember the Leafs were apparently needing to get him? Had to get him? Oh, they had to get everybody. They had to get everybody. Do you play defense and are right-handed? I don't. We don't even care if you're good. Hence the signing of Roman Polak. Um, Clint Denning, I, 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 I heard, too, had a rough night uh, the last time he played, so... Vino's getting fired. It's not his fault. Anyway, I hey, know, but he's getting fired. Couple things I want to start with. First off, shout outs to the Astros and the Dodgers for an absolute classic of a World Series. Yes. Um, wow. Amazing. Might be maybe top three, top five ever. Yeah. I, I can't. Most I'm, home runs ever. Yep. And most extra base hits ever by a team, the Houston Astros. Number three. The 1992 Toronto Blue Jays over the course of a series uh, had 24. I think Houston had 30 extra base hits in the one series. That's a crazy. Now, uh, and everybody blames you, Darvish, but man, it would have been nice if the Dodgers scored some runs, wouldn't it? It absolutely would have. It would have been nice if, as one commenter pointed out, Triple A Jesse Blake was right in oh. his prediction that the Dodgers would win easily. Yeah, yeah. Triple A Jesse Blake. I, what do you I know? I was incorrect, and I'm very disappointed. This is the first time. How does it feel? Like, I know you've never been wrong, ever. It so. feels great. Oh, it feels good. All, all my life, I've wanted to be Steve Dangle. <laughs> there so, it is. That's yeah. how he does it. That's how he does and, it. And today, being wrong, I, I feel like Steve. And wow. I'm like, wow, this is great. Yeah. I have two great dogs and an awesome wife, and I'm wrong. Wow. All the time. At least you called my wife awesome. <laughs> I mean, at least, at least that much yeah. is nice. At least that much is nice. We finished Stranger Things yesterday. It was great. It is great. It's cozy. Did you and did you finish it, finish it before the Leafs game? We did. Okay, we watched now, three episodes before the Leafs game. Before oh. we get into the Leafs game, <laughs> I just want to say that I've noticed something about myself. You said, Steve, you always say something about twenty six. Tell people what you t- say about the age of twenty six. Oh, uh, the age of twenty six is your last. Well, at least my experience was twenty six was my last immortal year. Yes, I agree with this. Cast iron liver. Can drink, can party, can go to work the next day. Oh, feel okay. Metabolism, just amazing. Eat whatever you want. Have a pizza with icing instead of tomato sauce. At 3 a.m. Cream cheese icing, and you're fine. I think I just invented a really I interesting think it like, idea yeah, for dessert great. pizza. Yeah, please, anyway, please go home and make that. Yes. Um, and then 27 hits, and you're like, hmm. I notice all these things are taking longer to recover. And the cold food slash is sticking longer and everything yeah, everything 
everything's starting to suck. And then you get to 29 and you're like, oh, this is the trend. <laughs> the trend is life is getting poorer. <laughs> well, More I say that. I, I'll tell you, life gets better after 26. Your body just isn't immortal anymore. Yeah. Life definitely gets better after 20. I mean, at least mine has. It's been way better. It's been the best. Why, why do you ask him? Well, the reason I say that is uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs started their game at about 1030 last night. 10. Oh, was it 10 last L- night? It was 1030 the other night. Yes. And I stayed up for the first two periods and I was watching away. I was watching, just watching, oh, watching, no, watching. Adam. And then at about, I guess, like I remember, I think it was Darren Millard threw to break and we were going to come back with the Leafs in the third period. And that's the last thing I remember. And so, wow. and this has happened now two games in a row, the L.A. game and the San Jose game. Uh, or no, sorry, not the L.A. game, the Anaheim and the San Jose game. I have both, I've fallen asleep in the second uh, thing, and that's right around midnight. And I'm feeling, and I'm finding this socially as well, I find, I'm finding it very hard to stay up past midnight these days. I'm, I'm finding it very hard to take your bullshit seriously right now, Adam. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm having trouble with. You're blaming this on age and getting older. You hear this guy? He's blaming yeah. it on age and getting older. How about you're a bad Leafs fan because <laughs> you've fallen asleep for two straight games now. I thought it was just the one. Two. Two straight games. And you're a terrible Rogers employee because you're saying Darren Millar put you to sleep. <laughs> How could you? What is the matter with well, you? Well, Carolyn Cameron op- uh, woke me up at 3 o'clock to say the Leafs won, so that was good. But uh, yeah, her and Carly Agro were on Sports uh, Sportsnet, uh, Sportsnet, and I was like, uh, "So she happened to be on the TV when you woke up?" Yes, at all three. Right. No, but, uh, no, but all I remember no, is, yeah, at least win, and then and then I was like, "Okay, I better go to bed now." This is where I'm at. This Did is no where I'm at. Turn off your TV. Well, no, because I was asleep on the couch, right? We have one TV, so... Adam, you need to hire someone to carry you when you fall asleep to your bed. That's true. As an extraordinarily rich person. Exactly. I should... That is something... Why is that not yeah. something you have, you have invested in That's true. at this point? I've got many hundies. I'm sure yes. I could spare a few hundies you for that. Just Someone have say large, you're pissing them. Yeah. <laughs> you should just have large men carry you like a baby, like yeah. in that Chappelle skit, <laughs> where he's P. Diddy. Just yes. Carries him away. Carries him <laughs> Picks up the entire sofa. What is it we asked? to get like breast milk or something yeah. in there. I need you to get breast milk from a Cambodian immigrant. <laughs> we watched that episode together. We did. We did. Yeah. Oh my god. That was one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite sketches. You know what's ever. terrifying, Steve? Uh, we, we it's 100% Cambodian. On, uh, <laughs> on Kiss. Dylan. <laughs> it's too close. Anyway, yeah, let's just do the whole. On Kiss yeah, the other day, I was doing this. Guess that famous ghost. And my third hint for what? yeah, I was just like yeah. Here I'm. Mean, I'm thinking of a famous ghost. Here's a hint. Who is this famous ghost? So the the ghost that I was thinking of at that particular time was Prince. Okay. And my third hint was going to be he was famously portrayed by Dave Chappelle in a in a, uh, a skit with Charlie Murphy on the Chappelle Show. Oh. And the woman who won got the first two hints, but she's like, well, if you'd given me that hint, I would have not known what you're talking about. She's like, it would have thrown me off. And I said. There's a generation gap, and I don't think anybody older than, like, 40 grew up with the Chappelle show. Which is a shame. Hmm. I think they're missing out. Oh, my God. They're 100% missing out. Especially season one, season two. What? It was the last, like, cult hit, right? Or could you even call it a cult hit? Stranger Things is a cult hit. Okay. (laughs) Was. Was. Is now the big. It's the mainstream now, bruh. Okay, what am I looking for? Because it went out prematurely only because on Dave Chappelle wanted out yeah but what other shows went out way too early and on top I mean some people argue Seinfeld 
Um, that didn't yeah. that didn't end too early though. It did. It I mean, you think it ended? It well, how many seasons have it? Uh, nine. Nine yeah, or see, ten. I see where you're That's saying, it? Steve. Like yeah. right, right oh, as the Dave right. Chappelle show was cresting, like to the, it was finally reached the top. Then they're gone. Yeah, like, like Seinfeld had been at the top. Simpsons Golden Age was like what it started like end Set, season two, season three. That's when Chappelle was like, and we're done. <laughs> yeah, we're done that, here. That reminds me of something else I wanted to I wanted to bring up today. Cool. Do you want to bring it up now? Or I mean, right? we talked I, enough hockey yesterday. Can so. I bring it up right now? Sure, whatever, man. Adam had a poor hot take yesterday. I had a poor hot take on the show, on Twitter. <gasps> After the show, so pre-show. What else did Adam fuck up today? <laughs> Let's talk about it. What did pre-show, I do? Steve and I were talking about the jerseys that were unveiled. Oh, oh yeah, that, that's Adam, right. We got to bring that up to make that's people right, the upset. Olympic jerseys. And Adam hopped on Twitter and said, "These jerseys are terrible." No, what I said was they look like they were colored by a kid in a crayon. Book. Which is, these jerseys are terrible. I, and Steve and I talked about how. These jerseys are terrible is a poor hot take. I don't I like them. You said you like them. The Canada jerseys? Yeah. No. They're you nice. You don't like them, eh? Okay, I think Jesse and I are the only two people on earth who like them. I don't think they're very good, guys. I think it's like, it's so like, <laughs> pizzazz. Like, it's just, it's no. so, it's so cheap looking. Okay. It's I'm, so cheap looking. And the American jerseys are the same. I'm sure cheap. you've all seen them by now. Uh, if you haven't, pull up a picture. Google. And if you're driving it, this is worth pulling over for. Um, but <laughs> Don't what, do that. What is here? I'm going to bring them Definitely up. pull over. They, Don't look it up while you're driving. They look good on a person. They don't look good in the still images. They they kind of look cheap you know, in those. You know what? That is on, actually when they're on yeah. the player, they look decent. You know what they look like to me? They look like the mask where the uh, my name is Cuban Pete. You know, <laughs> I'm the king of the Roma beats. <laughs> it's it's that sort of like when I play my maracas, I go chick chicky boom chick chicky boom. <laughs> um, okay, so, here they are on people on actual people. What is wrong? What's wrong with them? Tell me. Explain. What's not to like? Yeah, what's, what's, I don't get uh, what the problem is. Nah, I'm not into it, man. I. What is the problem? Okay, you're not into it. Explain. To me, yeah. here's what the thing. I think. Okay, when it comes to hockey and it comes to Canada, this is our one thing to get sanctimonious about, right? It's our one thing that we have where we can go. Okay, here's a classic, and where Canada, I think, misses the boat, and I know they do this for. Reasons that are let's sell as many jerseys as humanly effing yeah, possible. They, I went to a Nike jersey release last year at the same time. They can come out with a jersey every year and sell them, but make them good. And I thought, I don't know, what's wrong with this one? I think the thing is that I think what bugs me at my core, and I didn't like the last, I didn't like the uh, 2014 jerseys either. Um, oh, the Sochi ones? Yeah. Yeah, no, I wasn't a big fan. Um, I, I think my problem is that these jerseys are so disposable looking. And they, these will not age well. These won't look good. I don't think twenty years from now. And that's to me, like it's it. the Olympics. <laughs> I, it's the Olympics. You should have. It should be like the New York Yankees have never changed their logo. If the Blue Jays had just left their damn logo the same when Rogers took over, uh, and, and they didn't change to the scary, the terrifying, menacing black Blue Jays, yeah, um, it's gonna peck. The ball. Peck your eyes out. Yeah. Don't face us. So you don't want them to change the jerseys. I at want all. them to find a classic. And if you want to build on a classic, I get it. Because the Leafs have changed their jerseys, but they've got that they still came back to like a classic look that is modern. Back. They went back, but they went to like a classic look that's modern, right? They modernized it. Uh-huh. I really wish that it wasn't this enormous insane change from from four, you know jersey to jersey to jersey i feel like world cup <laughs> olympics 
whatever other, you know, U18, whatever, they should all be wearing the Team Canada jersey. And it should all be uniform and should all look the same and it should look um, regal and proud rather than, hey, this looks like it was made at an H&M. Like, it's, it's <laughs> literally, I, I feel like I can buy f- three for $5 at H&M. H&M. Jesse, what do you like about them? Oh, first of all, I don't think Adam knows how business works. Wow. I acknowledged how business works. Wow. I, uh, as a man who has many hundies. <laughs> You sure don't know how to make more. I can't wait for all the tweets about how I don't know how business works. I can't wait. I can't wait. Adam, Uh, you know I love your hockey talk. (laughs) But. (laughs) Do you not understand capitalism? Yeah. Why why, Um, why does he know? I'm a big fan of the of the red one, the the red with the uh, the silver the leaf. Silver leaf. That's and probably like, the, best the best one. one. It's the best one. Yeah, and I like and I like what they did with the leaf. They switched it up. It's not just the maple leaf there. They kind of tried to moder- 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 modernize it. Modernize. 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 Next time, just let them try. It's, it's sometimes it's fun to just let people twist in the wind. It's one of those words where your tongue just goes on strike. Modernize yeah. to time. Modernize. Nice. They, anyway. mo- they modernize then, to moder- monetize. There you go. And I and I and I like the sleeves. I like what they did with sleeves. See, I don't mind. I, I think, I think that's lo- where it lost most. People. I think it looks weird on the white. That's mm. why I like the red one. And then the uh, the American jerseys did the same thing, and it looks weird on the white ones. The same thing in the Americans, but the darker ones, it looks great because it matches the colors. It. So I think if you took out the white ones, it'd be a great jersey. I think you might have nailed it. Now, okay, looking at this jersey. And this is not good if you haven't seen it, but whatever. If it's just a plain arm with, like, a stripe at the elbow, mm. is it better? Do you think more people like it? I think it's too plain, then. I think you. I I think because you're going to try and come out with a jersey every year, and you're going to try and sell it. Which I think one is for the, so One for the World Championship, dumb. one for World Juniors, one for um, the Olympics. I know. And I so, know they have to. Well, so, no, they don't have to. Here's the you thing. you got to switch it up. Man, here's the thing. I, I would love to look at the numbers because obviously there is numbers to back this up. They wouldn't do it if 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 having just one jersey sold the same as having multiple, uh, then they would just do the one jersey because it's a hell of a lot cheaper not to develop a new jersey, That's right? True, yeah. So I wonder what the numbers are. Yeah, we got an action shot here with like equipment on and everything. Looks pretty sweet. Jesse. See, Jesse sat up like, see, it's even better. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel. No? I you know what? It looks wicked. But as a Team Canada jersey, I'm not sure. I feel like this would be a really good NHL jersey. I don't think there's I think I it's a great EASHL team. That's what they look like to me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like you're the Cordwall Thunder Leaves. Silver Leaf. Silver. Like something. if Carnage it's, from the Spider-Man. <laughs> Universe was a hockey player. <laughs> he would wear the red jersey. That would be Canada's hockey jersey in D two at the tournament when Canada doesn't even get a shout a shout out. But Iceland is the. Day. I actually think this would be Trinidad's. Oh, mm. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Um, Adam, you should finish your point. Uh, well, I'm not really sure where I was, but I think the point is <laughs> point is I'm not a huge fan, and that doesn't mean you're in the majority. This you were, you mean, were saying about if. If it made sense to keep the same jerseys. If it made sense to keep the same jerseys, they'd keep the same jerseys. And I feel like if you built a great template for a jersey and just built on it slowly and modernized it in small little ways each time, you might entice people. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know the garment industry. What the hell do I know? And that's what this is about. It's the garment industry. Sell as many jerseys as you can. So um, anyway, 
I, uh, I I digress. My point is, I don't particularly like them. I look forward to your hate tweets. Uh, listen, if if no, you're if, gonna if, get you, high fives. you are in the majority, if because you, Twitter's position is, hey, new thing, let's hate it. If you like is, these jerseys, yeah. if you like these jerseys, and I don't want to be like Twitter because Twitter hates everything, uh, but I <laughs> I uh, if if you like these jerseys, don't take it as a personal affront that I don't. Right, I think that's what that's what gets me is that when I have when we discuss an opinion like this that is so subjective and there's literally no rhyme or reason. There's no proof. Put it this way: if you're mad at Adam regarding this, don't let his face be the face of people who hate this jersey. Yeah, yeah. Adam is. I'm just a guy. Twenty thousand no, people late. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I think if you hate the jersey, you hate Canada. You know, well, like, I mean, and I I personally think Adam is unpatriotic. No, it's it's not that I hate Canada; like it's that I hate the vets. <laughs> wow. Wow. wow! Why do you hate the troops, Adam? Why do you hate the troops? That was a joke. Please, no, no. where is your poppy? Adam? Yeah, so, well, it's it's actually on my other coat. I I do have oh, a poppy. Oh, on your other coat. So we're about like fifteen minutes in, I think. If somebody wants to clip that piece of audio, <laughs> yeah, you're taking completely out of context. Please don't encourage that. It's on his other coat. <laughs> that he bought with his rich, elitist Hollywood liberal Bougie money. money. Yeah. How yeah. dare you? Adam actually rides a bald eagle to work every day. Yeah, and then kills it because he doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't even like America. No, I no, love he it. He doesn't like America. I don't like America either. either? No. Who do, who do I like? The Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> Adam is a potentially a separatist. <laughs> oh, no, 100%. Potentially. Adam voted in that election. I voted Montreal. Yeah. Is what I said. I said, vive la separation, or whatever it was. Is that whatever it was? I think it I might have remember. been. I remember. John now you're offending John, John Charest. Forep, no, John Charest was against it. But, I don't uh, remember. Anyway. All, the, all the referendum stuff, I remember being super young and very confused mm-hmm. and not understanding what was going on. Yeah. Same it's, with the OJ trial. I was like, this guy's on my TV every day. He must be important. Hey. Yes. Let's talk hockey, shall we? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now, now that we've made all the bad jokes. <laughs> um, it's November 2nd. And the last and the three worst teams in the NHL are. Oh. Number 28, the Montreal Canadiens with a negative 14 goal differential. Oh, you're just doing goal differential. Um, number 29. Are these the standings or goal differential? These are the standings. Oh, okay. These are just standings. Oh, shit. I believe. I'm gonna I'm gonna look these up again. <laughs> oh, cool! This will take 20 minutes. No, 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 no. NHL no. bullshit. Uh, this crappy garbage website. We got this great thing called for garbage people. We got this great website called Sportsnet.ca. Sorry, mm. I'm wrong. Uh, As always, piece of crap. It's November the second, and the worst teams in the NHL are currently the Buffalo Sabers. Amazing. At 30, the Edmonton Oilers, and. At 31, the Arizona Coyotes. The Eastern Conference is the one I had, which, well, it's not the Eastern, Eastern Conference, but the goal differentials here are amazing. Negative 14 for Montreal, negative 15 for Buffalo, and negative 12 for Edmonton. So let's talk about the Edmonton Oilers, because that's the Mick Crosby Show Part 2 happened for the second time in two weeks. Hey, you know how we were talking about botched rebuilds the other day? Mm-hmm. Can you read the bottom three teams in the league to me again? Sorry, bottom three teams in the league. <laughs> Um, Oh, in the NHL overall points, uh, we're talking Buffalo, Edmonton, Arizona. Would you like to hear the bottom three teams in 2014-15? Sure. In order, Edmonton 28th, Arizona 29th, Buffalo 30th. That's funny. The more things change, the more those three teams fuck everything up. Who's number one? Who's number one? Yeah. 
Who's the best team? Um, just scroll up. Oh, uh, it was the New York Rangers. <laughs> you know, number one. <laughs> Sorry, I thought we were talking about futility here. Really, and you're randomly like, really who's hard. the best? <laughs> hey, number two is Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it. Sometimes English goes in and gets lost. Does not come out. Okay. It's like the upside down. Modernize that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> yes, Adam? Um, so I just, I wanted to start with, <laughs> as I just stab all the momentum in the neck. The McCrosby matchup, part two. How did it go? Well, Edmonton, Shut up, Jesse. Edmonton lost. They sure did. But they held the they they were they were leading until the last play oh. of the second period when Oh, moral victories are good. Crosby, sorry, McDavid almost scored and the puck skirts around there's 27 seconds left and you're thinking, "Oh my gosh, Edmonton can stop this. It's okay. It's the end of the period." Nope. Sidney Crosby sets up a goal and it's in. And then Third period. Just to say, sorry, kid, it's still me. Um, third period, Roger, Ryan Nugent Hopkins takes a interference penalty. Phil and Gino hook up. Gino puts it home. Sally, win. <sighs> Did I mention that my wife dropped Cam Talbot for Andre Vasilevsky? Because I'm going to go with that was a pretty great move. It was a good choice, for yeah, sure. A little bit. Um, Frank Corrado also played. That's great. Uh, he was on a winning NHL team. He was last year, too. No, he just wasn't participating. He, I think he played two games. I don't think they won either of them. Oh, no. I thought you meant winning overall. No, no. Like, they oh, won good, but the At least game. only won 40 games last year, so that means they lost 42. They, they won less than half. Yeah, mm. so you're right. They were losing team. <laughs> but, okay, let's talk about Edmonton and Pittsburgh here for a second because an Edmonton-Pittsburgh matchup a month ago, we would have thought, Battle of the Titans, potentially a Stanley Cup. This is potentially a preview for the Stanley Cup. A lot of people were raging that it was on Sportsnet 360, but last night was just one of those nights. Game oh, seven of the World yeah. Series, Crosby McDavid. Are they really upset? Are they really upset about that? Uh, my it's not on. It's on Sportsnet yes. 360 and not Sportsnet One, and that makes me mad. Well, not everyone has those channels. Ah, but if you had Sportsnet now, you would. Wow, Roger, 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 Roger. I'm just saying. Um, no, I, I think, I think it's interesting. That even when Edmonton looks good, they still haven't been able to pull it out. And they, they seemed, I don't know if you saw Patrick Maroon's comments post-game. No. But they were like, you know, like he scored a goal. And he's like, yeah, I scored. It felt good. But boy, this like this is not acceptable. We still didn't win. And I contrast that with Andreas Borgman. Andreas Borgman scored okay. his first NHL goal. Yes. Did he know that at the time? Kadri told him right away on the on the ice. He said, it's your goal. Okay. Because originally it was Kadri. Yeah. So okay. Borgman scores in San Jose with a minute left, and we think, oh, my God, the Leafs are going to come back. And they don't, and they lose. But when I – to me, it's a it's a parallel of it's, – it's the mindsets. So Borgman said, when they asked him about it, they said, yeah, I mean, that felt really good. And Naz told me right away it was mine, and, you know, that felt amazing. Even though they lost – he doesn't need to be mopey about it. It was like, you know, we got steamrolled and we got to wake up and, and and get back at it. So he gets his first goal. Patrick Maroon scores. And, you know, the Oilers have had trouble scoring. And he is dejected. And I easy, listen, I know easy it's easy for the Leafs, though. They're above 500. But that's the point. Mm. Isn't that the point right there? It is. It is. I mean, it's like how. And again, it's his first career NHL goal. I get it. Everybody's going to be excited no matter what happens. But still. We, we talked about like Austin Matthews, you know, being a boogeyman. 
mm-hmm. you know, for other teams. But the the biggest boogeyman anyone has is inside their own head, and the Leafs' boogeyman that exists in their head is their ability to defend leads. And we saw it last year; like it got comical. Mm-hmm. Like they would, it was. First and second period were great, third period implosion. It was unbelievable (laughs) to watch how often they would get the lead, and equally as unbelievable to watch how often they would completely cough it up. If you want to have some fun, check out Leafs box scores from October last year, and just watch... All Watch how many up. games they would have won if the game ended at the end of the second period. <laughs> like it's, I know a lot of teams could say that, but the Leafs collapsed monumentally, monumentally third period after third period yeah. after third period. It's crazy. And but like even even um, like games that they won, they had a four one lead on Boston and coughed it up again in Boston. Somehow won that game six five in regulation. Um, they blew a four one lead to Detroit. In the Centennial Classic, on the biggest stage of the regular season, they almost coughed up another one to Detroit. They almost coughed up one to Philly. They almost coughed up one to the Stars. <coughs> it was just unbelievable. They uh, seem to be slowly recovering from that. Least third period lead stats from last year. Yes. <laughs> How did you uh, find in that? Thirty from Leaf Nation, who wrote this article, our good friend Jeff Vayette. Ah. Mm. In 37 games this year, well, last year, Toronto led in the third period 23 times and won 15 of them. That's unacceptable. I know you're probably going, let's... That's only eight wins. That's eight wins. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's bad. Um, Cut that in half and you're in the playoffs three or four games earlier. So the Oilers boogeyman right now, like, sometimes it's not as specific as holding a lead. Like, sometimes it's just winning. We saw it with the Coyotes the other day. Like, I don't think it was incompetence that led them to cough up a 3-1 lead in under a minute. It was them going, oh, oh my God, we're, oh we're almost my there. God. Almost there. Just don't, don't drop it. Don't drop it. It's, don't, don't spill. Don't spill. And the more you think about spilling, you spill all over the floor. That's what the Coyotes did. That's what the Oilers are doing. They're, in the final minute or whatever it was against Pittsburgh, all they're thinking is don't spill. Spilled. Hmm. That's all it is, and that's that's where their heads are at. That's where right you got to take your 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 um, references from the book, The Secret. The key is not to say don't spill. The key is to say um, I will make it to the counter without spilling. Don't even think about the spill. I've read that book. You should read it. It's good. Oh, okay. um, a lot of people are gonna be like, ah, stupid. I like it. Um, now <laughs> we get it, Adam. You read. <laughs> Buy my book when it comes. Um, yeah. So I, I wonder with Edmonton again, like <laughs> Mark Spector <laughs> with his headlines. Oh, he's again. gonna be having the greatest time. <laughs> we should just do a bit called Mark Spector's headline today uh, because it was. It's, Mark's mad. Yeah, and and I think he he probably feels like uh, it, it's it's a small thing, but it's Penguins' dominance over Oilers continues with another victory. And I thought that another was big, with another victory. See, that's incredible because I guess the Penguins have some sort of winning streak against the Oilers. That they I'm do. I think since Crosby got there, I think they're what are they three zero and zero or four zero and zero or something like that. They've never lost. But it's sorry, not Crosby, McDavid. Right. Okay. So you're talking about a three or four game win streak. <laughs> a three or four game win streak against a team you play once or twice a year in another contest. They haven't won in 
three years. They've played five games. Uh, That's insane. <laughs> you it's, know, there was a point at which every team in the NHL had a winning streak against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> no. Like, remember, okay. remember players would come to town and be like, well, this is how this player has played in 30-something games against the Leafs, and it was uh, always great because <laughs> they were always bad. Always great. And after a while, I started going, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, I, man. <laughs> this guy, Leaf Killer. This guy, oh, Matt Reed, <laughs> Leaf Killer. And it's like, wait a minute. Maybe they just blow chunks. Maybe they're bad. Maybe they just suck. <laughs> Maybe they have sucked for a decade. Maybe that's the problem. What do you mean Ovechkin scored 50 goals against the Leafs Man. alone? Oh, wait, look at their goaltenders. Keith Primo always kills the Leafs. Oh, Alexi Zhamnov always kills the Leafs. Claude Giroux, Wayne Simmons, Matt Reed. Maybe the Flyers just always kill the Leafs, Steve. Sorry, I've had this conversation with myself many times. Anyway, point is, I, I don't... It's a rivalry by default because mm-hmm. of Crosby and McDavid. Right. But wins and losses are very much a team category. Yes, they are. And uh, Can we apply that logic to Crosby versus Ovechkin? No? No? Okay. Well, I tried. Steve, when Ovechkin loses, it's, it's his fault. It's Russia's fault. It's Russia's fault, actually. You're right. It's, <laughs> it's communism's Rus- fault. It's Russia's failure as a uh, a new age democracy, which it is no longer. But it is it's Russia's government's failure because he's state sponsored Ovechkin, and therefore it's America's victory <laughs> <laughs> that a Canadian leads an American. Yes. Team. <laughs> when America annexes. Canada Cole and Harper. another and another Russian player. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be sorry. You ever spoke bad about American hero Gino Steve Malkin? Crosby and Gino Malkin. <laughs> yes. Who who can forget the thick Southern accent? Mark Andre Fleury delivered his Stanley Cup winning speech with in two thousand nine. That thick southern drawl. <laughs> Who could forget? Man, he sure did love going to the University of Alabama, didn't he? He sure did. Uh, oh, oh, Bama? <laughs> and this oh, one, it's like you got rid of Ella and now it's just Bama. I think he, uh, You're I, funny. Think, I think the quote, the direct quote was, uh, I miss old Bammy once again. And I think it's a sin. Is that what the school That's, says? That's from True Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, oh come on, man. It's like I'm one so, of the biggest songs ever. I'm always drunk. When it comes on. Oh, oh you just, just, I, I thought you just like, Yeah, I'm always drunk. I'm always drunk. There would be, ma- be many people that uh, wouldn't be surprised by that. There have been Are people in the rich? past that have asked me about. There have been people. The, <laughs> but people have asked me about you in the past, and they go, "Like, is he okay?" <laughs> Not always. Not always is the answer. Sometimes I'm like, I'm like, yes, he's the best. It just he gets passionate about the Leafs. What? See, you're a you're a good friend because I feel like most people would be like, well. <laughs> he's yeah 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 it's fine it's fine i found it funny that um it seems whenever asked cj says i'm quiet yeah Just not, for fun. not like i'm not popping like i'm actually oh, quiet. oh okay well like it's you, quiet so you, you came through in some air did maxes? you bring your jordan <laughs> <Jordans. laughs> <laughs> by the way we should say if you haven't watched the bella hadid bit it's on uh, our youtube channel and it's it's awful. so good, but I think your favorite part about that is the way she. It's not that she says quiet or lit or whatever yeah. or homeboy's gonna get it. It's you. It's her. The way she says Jordans for well, you, and she spins about doing it because she's so uncomfortable <laughs> saying it. Yeah. She has to do like a little Jordans. Jordans it's not that she's using all this ridiculous slang that she's obviously not accustomed to. <laughs> it's that she's on a sneaker show 
talking about Jordans that she heard of for the first time that morning. Because that's sure how it sounds. Mm-hmm. Jordans. <laughs> Sorry, where on earth were we before we started? Oh, we're, talking talking about the, we're talking about Edmonton and Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. um, so, mm. you know what? I feel Typical like, Torontonians not talking about Western Canada. I got to say, man, I, I feel like the Oilers are due. They're, they're going to break this. There's this no way this lasts. Yeah, they have a little bit of a team speed problem, and maybe they'll go and try to trade trade that and fix that. But honestly, I just I just can't see this continuing. Well, because they're not that bad. I think They've the, got Oilers, the, skill. the Oilers could take a lot of lessons from the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think, I mean, most teams could. They're back-to-back champions. Um, <laughs> kind of like Ovechkin could from Jonathan Drouin. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that again? Jeremy Roenick. Jeremy Roenick. Yeah, definitely take a couple advice from A couple playoffs ago. Yeah, definitely take advice from him. Anyway, um, no, what the Oilers could learn from the Penguins, I think, is uh, positivity and attitude. And again, it's easy for the Penguins because, again, back-to-back champs. But um, we didn't really mention it yesterday in Elliot's 31 Thoughts, but I thought some of the most valuable stuff in there was his quotes from uh, Jim Rutherford. Well, before we get to that, I just want to point out that the reason we didn't get to that is because um, is because he published it at 11.26 and we record at noon, that jerk. So I tried to incorporate as much as I could, um, but I can pull it up for you. Yeah, what, it's always 7,000 words. Yes, and half an hour before the show, Elliot, really? Really, Elliot? You jerk. Um, it's really not his fault. He has no idea when we were. No, record. no, no. Um, Don't go no. to bat for him. <laughs> for He's, that known jerk, you Elliot know, Friedman. Elliot Friedman, if there's anything we know about Elliot Friedman, it's just how disrespectful he is to everybody that he Absolutely. meets. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially kids. Especially kids. For Halloween, he handed out slaps <laughs> <laughs> to anyone who came to his door. <laughs> uh, Jim Rutherford says the Penguins need to ease the workload of Chris Letang, who, by the way, scored last night. Um, as for trades, he's like, I don't feel any pressure to get anything done. Uh, interesting nuggets. They made two previous offers for Riley Sheehan. This one closed because Athanasiu's return brought cap pressure. So the only reason they got Riley Sheehan was because of Athanasiu. Finally, from Rutherford, he was the only GM to vote against the two-minute penalty for an incorrect offside challenge. He supports video review, but thinks punishment for being wrong is too harsh. Do we want to get it right or not get it right? If we, want, if we don't want to get it right, then we should get rid of it. Uh, he pointed to Chicago's 5-2 loss to Minnesota October 12th as an example of the, the severity. Chris Stewart broke the, tie, the 1-1 tie with 9.28 remaining. The Blackhawks challenge failed and gave up it gave up a Jason Zucker power play goal uh, a minute 57 later. Yeah, so instead of being 2-1, now it's 3-1, mm-hmm. just for a challenge. If you look at that, those are game changers. What I liked about Rutherford's comments, this is according to Elliot, is that he offered a solution modeled on the game misconduct rules. Any player who accrues three game misconducts gets a one-game suspension. <coughs> After that, each additional misconduct increases the next suspension by an extra game. Rutherford suggests something similar for coaches. You get three wrong, you get a penalty. He said he added the caveat is that if you go, say, 10 games without one wrong, then you lose a strike against you. Nah. I, I don't like, he said, I don't like the two minute rule. To me, it provides, uh, this option provides a little more leniency. Uh, close, close plays at critical times if you're not, go- uh, you're not going to ask if you're worried about being wrong. And that, that is kind of the point is you, you do want to, if it's a close play, you want to ask. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll we'll save that for a few minutes from now because that's actually a really interesting debate. But in there, like I said, there is so much the Oilers can take from Jim Rutherford. First of all, the Riley Sheehan stuff. They had trade talks going. They had him going. They had him going. He didn't necessarily 
pull the trigger on the trade. Here's Phil Kessel. Yeah. He didn't necessarily pull the trigger on the trade from a position of strength, but he knew Detroit was in a position of weakness. That's how you should try to get every single trade done. The Oilers, meanwhile, are struggling mightily and very publicly involved in every trade rumor on the planet. They're in a position of weakness. What are they doing? So he's very smart there and ahead of the curve when it comes to the Oilers. And then what was what was the other part? There was something about... He said... Uh, oh, the, there was one about back-to-back games. Yes. He was saying, uh, you know, our big all the teams defeat in, All the teams' defeats except one last Saturday in Minnesota were on the rear end of back-to-backs in a blowout. And the Winnipeg... Uh, and the blowout in Winnipeg was their fourth game in six nights. A lot of blame, blame thrown at Antti Niemi, who was waived and claimed by Florida. He said, I feel bad for him. I'm not pointing the finger. We gave up some goals that uh, you could point at the goaltender, but the same goalie made five or six saves that should have been goals. Um, I guess Casey DeSmith initially came up from the AHL team. Tristan Jerry is now with the team and likely plays Thursday in Calgary. Uh, They wanted him to get another weekend of AHL action before calling him up. Uh, And then they get into like whether it's the full-time number two. Right. So he said something earlier about, well, I'm not going to rush into any trade. So again, there's a lesson that the Oilers can take. And he's putting out the fire. Just being calm and putting out the fire. Look, we lost because of this and that and that. Now you can call it making excuses, and I suppose it is. But I mean, he or does making have explanations. A point. Yeah, he does have a point. Now the one criticism I would say is, well, you knew you were potentially going to be in a lot of uh, really messy back-to-back situations. So why'd you sign Anti Miami? <laughs> Which I think was our big criticism at the time. But, but he has NHL pedigree, Steve. Yeah. He's a battler. Yeah. He just wanted a stopgap because Jari looks like the real deal. He looks like he could be their full-time backup. Which, you know what? If he is, screw you, Penguins. Okay? Oh, With your damn goaltenders. It looks like he's going to yeah. be. That's amazing. Good I for know. them. It really looks like he's going to be. Um, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just, I was just going to say, like that to me is... A GM that has been there before, knows mm-hmm. what he's doing, is calm, isn't letting anything phase him. And again, it's easy for him, back-to-back champs. But the Oilers should maybe take some Zen lessons from him. Leafs versus Ducks. Yes. Wow, that took a while. Um, Leafs win. One thing that is super boring to talk about, but I think we need to focus on right away, is not one particular player. To me, for the first two periods, because you remember I didn't see the third... It really looked like Toronto cleaned up their neutral zone. And that seemed to be a real issue in San Jose, and it seemed to be an issue on the three-game slide that they were on. They were focused on, it was, it wasn't, what I saw a lot of was Mitch Marner trying to do too much, you know, making five moves when two would do. Uh, Tyler Bozak making terrible passes. And actually, I believe there was an article either in The Athletic or it it was Chris Johnson. Somebody, Somebody did it, and I forget who it was. It was talking about his, no, it was Andrew Berkshire was talking about what happened to Tyler Bozak. And apparently his his passing accuracy thus far this year is about 12% lower than it was last year. It's gone from wow. like 64 to 52%. That will screw you up. And he and, and so Andrew, Andrew kind of talked about, he's like, he's just, and you should read the articles because it talks about his entire game. But I thought that was one of the ones that stuck out to me because that was my frustration with him and that line particularly in the neutral zone was the, um, they never seemed to get it past the, the uh, uh, the offensive blue line. So the one thing that that line is good at being offensive, yeah, bit of a problem, eh? Couldn't get in. Is he hiding an injury? Like I suggested that a couple videos ago because Bozak has had so many injuries over his career, and they haven't all been cataclysmic. They've been like, oh, he missed two games, he missed three games, he missed five games. Is he 
stubbornly playing hurt or something? Well, he did, he ought not to. They don't need to. He wants to keep his spot in the lineup. And oh, wants he's to not going to. You think he's going to lose his spot in his lineup to Dominic Moore? How no offense times, to Dominic how many times Moore. We got to say it. Hockey players are lunatics. Hmm? They're lunatics. They're not forward-thinking people. <laughs> you know, like even a Dominic Moore would sit here and be like, "Yeah, and that's not going to happen." Dominic Moore's thirty-seven. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I, um, but um, they seem not afraid to dump the puck. They seem they cleaned up the neutral zone. It was quick, crisp passes, and then in to the Anaheim zone. Now, given that Anaheim has a ton of in- injuries, we understand that we were playing a bit of a disabled team. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Ryan Ryan Kessler hip injury. Ryan Getzlaff face. face. Uh, Cam Fowler, Kevin Bieksa. Like those are big names for that team. Uh, Lindholm. I yes. Think. Yep. Just decimated, not fair. Decimated team. Should be a cup favorite. Absolutely. And will be. When all those players come back, they don't need to make any moves at the trade deadline. It might be too late. <laughs> you think so? It might be too late. I don't know, man. I don't think they're doing that bad, are they? It's a it's a tough sport. Tough league. <laughs> it's hard to make the playoffs. Um, I mean, I'm, it sure helps that the Oilers stink. Uh, it sure I don't does. think they were counting on that. Um, well, Anaheim sitting ninth right now. They're going to be fine. In the way, uh, okay. fine. Yeah, if they can just stay afloat. Yeah. Stay just, vaguely just stay 500. Stay 500-ish. Yeah. Um, the 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 thing that I think everybody was talking about, and I almost like you, you notice it almost right away. When Patrick Marlowe skates, it's oh. like he's he's eating a star from Mario Kart sixty four. <laughs> it's it's he was so fast, and I saw him throw a hit behind the net yesterday because he he didn't have a choice. He doesn't throw big hits, but he was going so fast that he had to hit the guy. He's thirty eight. He's lying on his birth certificate for sure. Yeah, for for sure. Thirty eight year olds. Are not that intense. It was and the, fast and crisp and it was the smoke. best I've seen him skate. Playing At center, center. Hey, boy, did he look good. Arguably, mm, can we argue it might have been his best game as a Leaf? I, I wouldn't argue what I would say it was. The first game was very good as well, but um, it I, might have been his best game to as me, a Leaf. Basically, it is for sure. From uh, James Myrtle. He was on for all three goals and had a 69% per- possession. <laughs> and he was uh, oh above uh, above 50 in the faceoff dot, wasn't he? I uh, don't know. I don't. Not that that nah. really, really matters. Nah. I'm pretty sure he was. Hey, it was a great. You guys, you guys didn't think that was a nice possession stuff? Oh, wow! Nice, nice. It was Very nice. Good. That's pretty nice. 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 Uh, I read that Carlos Beltran is going to retire with a 69 WAR. What wins above replacement? Yeah, yeah. Nice. It's pretty nice. 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 I, I assume it's 6.9. Because 69 wins above. It, it's, I thought it, was, I thought it said 69. No, it's Maybe 6. it was 6.9. It's, it's 6. Because 69 <laughs> wins above replacement. Still, that's pretty nice. Would be your alien. Like, baseball. <laughs> 69 Are you wins trying to tell me he's not that good? <laughs> Carlos Beltran is a baseball player I recognize. Therefore, he's an all-star. <laughs> Therefore, he is 69 wins better than a replacement. Yeah. Nope. Yep. <laughs> Home run every at bat. Yeah, it's no. a nice career. 6.9 is very nice. It's a nice career. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Marlowe, JVR, and Brown. You're talking, so, you, you know, six, 69% uh, on the possession. Um, he won faceoffs, was defensively responsible, as was Connor Brown, which, to me, encouraged JVR to do the same. Uh, he can fly a little bit. He more. can fl- he can fly a little bit more. Well, but but it, so I've I've heard rumblings, and somebody tweeted me and said this, and I don't know that this is totally true. I know that Mike Babcock said we did not get him to be a center, and but then he also said I thought Bozak had a great game. Mike, I don't believe you. 
I, I don't believe you, Mike. I don't think Bozak was bad. I actually kind of liked their line. He was put in a sweetheart role. That's how you get going. He's a fourth line center against a fourth line center no one's ever heard of. <laughs> like, come on. You, get, you Of course it's supposed to be a slam dunk. Anyway, sorry. Well, I, I think focusing on Marlowe, JVR, and Brown for a second here, that's a line. Oh, my God, yeah. That's a line. And, oh my, it, we, and I, my question is if, okay, so you didn't get the guy because you wanted him to play wing. And he has scored 513 goals. He got another, you know, another one last night. Uh, and there's a crazy stat associated with that, which we'll talk about in just a second. Um, and maybe there's a rumor that he, I, I've never seen this, but somebody again tweeted this to me that he doesn't want to play center. But oh well, that would that, if yeah. I haven't seen any of that though. I haven't seen that quoted anywhere. So if it has been quoted, I mean, forgive me for being wrong, but I have not seen that. If that's the case, even so, do not say Patrick. Listen. Here are the numbers. It was the best game of your season so far, and you're playing great. Can you just do it? No, I I give it to him. I think he's spent enough time in the league where if he doesn't want to play center. You're trying to win a cup here. You're trying to win a cup. That's not, I don't think that's how it works. They're very early on in their relationship, and I'm willing to bet that that was a big part of the conversation, along with all the monies in the world. (laughs) Uh, We want you to play wing. And he maybe he said, I want to play wing. I don't know. I mean, I hope reporters ask him over and over and over again. I hope he has another great game against the Kings. Wouldn't that be nice? Also, I'm a little worried about sometimes, this game against the Kings. Sometimes you have that conversation, though. And then your boss puts you in that position anyway because they have no other choice. And, and they didn't. The Leafs didn't have a choice, I don't think. And you go, well, hey, well, I kind of like this. Tell me. I don't I don't know that like Patrick Marlowe has some pretty strong line mates there, right? Connor Brown oh and Jay, like I don't know how he couldn't have fun on that line, and I'm sure he did last night. He looked like he was having fun. Yeah. I, you missed his goal. Did, did you see the highlights? I saw that no, I saw this I saw the backhand. Oh, it was, was outstanding. An intense backhand, and they dominated the first period. Um God, he looked great. He looked like he was having fun. So if he has fun. Maybe that opinion changes. Mm-hmm. That's been, I've been putting that sell job hard on him because, again, the NHL is it, to me. It's 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 just, in each position there are things that really matter. The things that matter up front are do you have strong center. The things that matter on defense is do you have somebody that can play thirty five minutes in the playoffs. And and on and on, in goaltending, do you have a goalie that can you know that can play sixty games and when you sixty uh, percent of those right? That's kind of what's that's what it's going to take to win. I wonder if him playing like that, let's have, let's say they have another good game tonight, and he goes to Mike Babcock, Babcock and goes, listen, I said this, but this is kind of fun. We can keep doing this. And when you look at the optimization of the Leafs, they had four lines that were dangerous last night. That's the first time I've ever seen that in my entire life being a Leafs fan. Even Bozak, Martin, Marner gifted the they game. Were they were good. And uh, you know well, what? They made, Matt, they made Matt Martin really useful. Matt Martin did what Matt Martin did. He played his game. And Bozak and Marner could play their game, and it fit. I saw a fit there. Do we know if Marlowe's at center tonight? Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Babcock said after the game, Marlowe's staying at center. Kapanen's getting into the lineup. Mm-hmm. Oh, t- tonight? Polak yeah. is getting into the lineup, and McElhinney's getting into the lineup. But he didn't say who was coming out. Anderson is obvious. Uh, but who's coming Anderson. out? Anderson. Anderson. Jordans? No. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, I don't get Jordans. it. Who comes out for Kapanen? I assume Levo. How did he play last night? I thought that was the that line was quiet. 
if you don't know so this this is the awful awful thing and I were you awake for when Anaheim tied it yes okay so this is the awful thing uh, Andre Kasha who we called case yesterday because I don't know that's how it's spelled uh, throws it on net it's nowhere near Josh Levo it bounces off Andreas Borgman's skate it's basically no one's fault it's an accident goes off Borgman's skate Freddie wasn't anticipating his own teammates scoring on him, and it's nowhere near where Levo is supposed to be covering. Levo was on the ice for the only goal against and was the Leafs' only minus player. <laughs> he was a minus one. That sucks. But he looked good. He did. He was feisty. He was bumping guys behind the net, getting dirty in the corners, set up a hell of a play. I think it was Kadri almost had a goal. Yes. And look uh, good on the power play. And look good on the power play. Damn it. Listen, Damn if they were trying to give him a real shot, and I think they did, I don't think that they would have put him at on the power play. They put him on the power play. Put him on the. I mean, it, you might as well. That's what he's good at, right? You you need to use players to their strengths. I don't think Mike Babcock's stupid. You know, I don't think he would just look at the sheet and be like, "Well, Leaves was the only minus one, so he's our <laughs> worst player by far." Um, but it just sucks. It just sucks for Levo, and his three game point streak is snapped. That sucks. No, that, that, and that goes back, what, 250 days or yeah, something? Yeah, did you see that from Dave Alter? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't see the full thing. He had, like, a game last February, and then he missed, like, a month. Then a game last March, and then a couple games ago. It was a three-game point streak, like Jeremy Williams. Wow. Except without getting sent down. Um, Patrick Marlowe scored a goal last night, as we know. It was the 2-1 goal. Yes. And Silverberg's goal was a kick in, so this does so that makes Marlowe's two one goal the game winner. That was his hundredth game winner of his career. Now I'm rounding a little bit here because Patrick Marlowe has five hundred and thirteen career goals. But just under one in every five goals that Patrick Marlowe has scored has been a game winner. About nineteen point five, Adam. I, this may or may not have been in my video today. That, that's crazy. I haven't had a chance to see your video yet. So. No, I know, I uploaded it here. That's that is nuts though. Like that's, I would love to know. I I would love to know what the percentages are for, say, like Marilyn Mew, Wayne Gretzky. That has to be high. I mean, we can look almost twenty percent. I'll look it up for Lemieux. Keep talking. Um, (laughs) Beyond that, uh, here's what Mike Babcock had to say about Freddie Anderson, and this comes from uh, Chris Johnson's article this morning on Sportsnet.ca. It's hard to believe that an NHL player wouldn't have confidence because you think that they're good," said Babcock. But it's true. It's fleeting. So when you get her going, you feel about your, uh, you feel good about yourself. You've got jump, you, and you're loose. And when you don't, and when you don't have her going, <laughs> when you don't have her going, you did spend, he actually write it like that? Well, that's what I wanted to get to. You spend all your time wearing yourself out thinking about it and trying to get it going. But the secret is to work hard all the time when you've got her going and keep it going. And Chris Johnson does write apostrophe er every time he says er. <laughs> Get her going. That's just and I think that's I hilarious. I hear the person who's talking's voice. That's good writing. It's I don't care. Like, it's like Mike Babcock and Hagrid from uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> Get her going. Instead of two, J.K. Rowling used to wrote ter because that's because how that's what he says. Yeah, that's he'd say ter. Talk how the guy talks. Um, so here's an amazing one. Mario Lemieux, 690 career goals, 915 games. By the way. That's so stupid. Um, by the way, something that we're really struggling with in my era adjusted pieces is not writing about Lemieux every single time. 
Yeah. <laughs> he was so good. He was so very good. Uh, 690 goals, only 74 game winners. So let's do 74 divided by 690. Only 10.7%. So right. way below Marlowe. Why don't we look at Gretzky? I assume the guys who scored the most all time... Uh, you just their they're scoring. Winner, no, their game winners would be less, right? Yeah, which because is why... Because if you score three goals in a game, only one of those can be a game winner. Which is That's why Marlowe's yeah. total is so incredible. Because... Um, Wow. Yeah, it's why Marlowe's total is so incredible, because he's scored over 500 goals. Wayne freaking Gretzky scored 894 career NHL goals. Will probably never be passed. Game winners, 91. Wow. So Marlowe has That's not special. only passed Gretzky in that category, he passed him a long time ago. Um, and That is 10.1%. 10, who has the all-time leader in game-winning goals? How do we find that out? Great question. I'm sure it's on Hockey Reference. Jesse, can you work on that one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to talk about uh, the Hainsey and Riley pairing. Yes, uh, there were some some stats. Um, James Myrtle wrote an article about how when when Marlowe and and uh, Hainsey were signed, um, Marlowe is the fifth oldest um, forward in the league. Hainsey is the sixth. Fifth? Fifth oldest forward in the league. That's surprising. Hainsey is the sixth oldest defenseman in the league. So $9.25 million go to both those players this summer. People were a little worried about that. And yeah. I think you kind of go, well, yeah, that's a little bit scary. But we've already talked about Patrick Marlowe. And I think Sharks fans are like, yeah, duh, he is really good. Um, but we just didn't know, man. We didn't know. Um, we didn't get to see him as much. Also, I was excited about it from the beginning. I thought it was cool. Uh, I just want to say, called it. No erases. Um, it was one of those weird things. Like when Joe Newendike came to the Leafs. I was like, he's not supposed to be here. He's really good. <laughs> Gary Roberts, too. All right, yep. you want the list? Yeah, let's hear it. All-time NHL leaders for game-winning goals. Do you guys want to guess? Uh, I'm going to say it's Yager. I'm going to say Dino Cicerelli. Yarmir Yager. With? Well done. 135. With, how many total to goals? How many total? Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Here he's he's, he's oh, over yeah. 700. Yeah. Okay. Um, second place, Phil Esposito. Hmm. Third, uh, Esposito is at one eighteen, by the way, and Yager's at one thirty five. Wow! So yeah, wow, wowzers. Uh, Solani one ten, Brett Hall one ten, Brendan Shanahan one oh nine, Iggy one oh one, and then our boy Patty Mo, Patty Mo one hundred, and guess who's in ninth place right now? Active player Austin Matthews, <laughs> Phil Kessel. No, Crosby. This guy has 96 game-winning goals. Or Ovechkin. Has to be Ovechkin. Ovi. That's insane. He's an all-timer. He's going to pass Marlowe this year. He's in... <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, probably. He could do it, like, next week. Maybe. That's <laughs> Technically. Insane. So, sorry. Uh, Yager, who has the most game-winning goals of all time, uh, just 7.8%. So, that's, like, half of Marlowe. That's a, that's that must be the that might be the highest ever. Yeah, I'm not in, sure. In, in how players we would that have scored that. over 500 goals, that might be the highest ever. Maybe I'll ask Sportsnet stats department, but that that's like a freak of nature. That, that's crazy. But that is that just luck? Because you can't plan Maybe. when your goals come. Well, okay. I, I spoke to a scout once upon a time who, and this was like in the early baby steps years of like analytics and stuff. And this wasn't really an analytic. Like he wasn't a huge. Nerd, like, wait till you see these numbers. He he was just like, I keep track of something called clutch scoring, and it was basically how many goals do you score when your team is down, uh, down by one, 
or tied, something mm. like that, or in game winners, something along those lines. And this was like right after Eberly scored his big goal too at the World Juniors, and he's like his numbers in junior for clutch scoring were amazing. And I just, I don't know, I took his word for it. I don't know. I don't know how to find that in the WHL. But, like, this has to mean, like, at least, this has to mean that a huge, huge, huge chunk of Marlowe's goals were scored in, like, the third period in overtime. And pressure cooker situations. Yeah. Which is great, because that's why you bring in a guy like that, for that sort of experience. Mm -hmm. Calmness under pressure. They tied games. Obviously. You want a guy who can play under pressure. And I know that's like sort of a, it's an unquantifiable thing, but there is a mindset. That it, they would have come in the back half of the game. Cause, so let's say the Sharks got a two-goal lead and the other team chipped away and scored one. And Marlowe scored the insurance marker. Well, then you get the game winner. Or it would have been tied in the third period. So they would, the, I would say a big chunk of his goals would have have to have been scored in the second half of the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, any good player would be good in that category, right? Yeah. Yeah, but he's like we we we've just compared the numbers of some of the all time greats, and he's exceptional. So we think that clutch is a thing you can I produce. Think, I don't know if you can quantify it, but I think that there are definitely players. I, I think there are definitely teams and players that, uh, and with no offense to the St. Louis Blues and Washington Capitals of the last five to seven years, but there are teams that for some reason get it done and there are teams that for some reason don't and there has to be something there has to be a reason and you can get a reputation like okay remember when we were much younger and the Leafs looked like they were making noise in the early 2000s and you know game goes to overtime and the puck gets on Steve Thomas's stick and you're like good things are about to happen because Steve Thomas just developed this reputation. He's of money in overtime. Absolutely money, which is ironic because Sundin is one of the best overtime scorers of all time. Uh, but Steve Thomas, for a guy who wasn't like an all-timer in terms of goal scoring, scored a lot of overtime goals. Absolutely. A lot of OTGs. Um, I want to bring up uh, Hainsey because I, I did bring him. This, right, is, this, is from, this is from Myrtle. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, the Leafs went 15 for 7 on shot attempts with Hainsey on the ice at even strength. And even strength where it matters, right? It's not, you know, penalty kills and power plays. <laughs> that's excusing. So when yeah. it's 5 on 5, 15 shot attempts for the Leafs, 7 against. That's really good. They uh, were even better 20 and 6 when Morgan Riley was out there. So here, let me let me cut you off to just add a little bit of context there. So one thing we've talked a lot about is score effects. So that's okay. If you're lo- if you're losing five one, you're probably going to dominate shots for the rest of the game because the other team has abandoned offense and they're just going to do all defense. So it's going to look like you had a really good game and you might even win the shots against battle. That's why they have score adjusted Corsi, um, which is basically when the game is close. I don't remember how they measure the game being close. So a lot of people have chirped Corsi as being really stupid. Um, and Berkshire was quick to point out, no, this team, I think it was the Canadians, is actually terrible at it. So anyway, go go look at his timeline. That gives you an idea of, you know, it's not just pure shot attempts. It's when the game is close. That's how they measure how good a team is. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Adam, continue. Um, well, I, I just wanted to say how, how great, it's nice to have a defense pair. This has been their rock-solid defense pair. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm... Shocked. I did not think it was going to be like this. What did you... I don't think anybody did. Now, what do you think about... Now, again, again, 13 games in. 13 games in. Sure. Um, what did you think about the other defense pairs last night? We had Carrick and Gardner 
And Gardner did one of those, I'm going to skate backwards to the red line to, because I can with the puck. Uh, and then, and then of course, you had uh, Borgman and Zaitsev. Um, I like what Babcock was going for with uh, Borgman Zaitsev. He, I think, wanted to reduce Zaitsev's workload at 5-on-5. Five five. Um, I think what he did was reduce his time but accidentally increase his workload because you're working with a rookie. And with all due respect to Andreas Borgman, um, it looked like Zaitsev was trying really hard out there and trying to do too much, and it resulted in two first-period penalties. So I, I don't know. Gardner looked good, and Carrick looked good. So maybe that is. So what, that means Carrick's scratched tonight because Polak's coming in. Well, this is the confusing <laughs> thing, and maybe they'll release the lines in the middle of the show. I don't know. Have a look and see. Yes. Yeah. Uh, look for either CJ or Henny. But uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure that pairing is. It's gonna be. If they want it to work, I could see it working, but it's gonna take a while. And this is the problem: is I don't know if Babcock's patient, and also. It might mean a lot of Polak Gardner, which I don't think you want. Mm-hmm. What What's wrong with Carrick that, that they don't like him or that they're not confident in him? He doesn't trust him to kill penalties. Oh, so it's not that they don't like him five on five. It's that it's it's a pe- it's a penalty kill. I mean, thing. he's not the biggest guy. He's a Gronk though. Like, look at his neck. Like, he's he's really strong. He was all over the gram in the summer with his <laughs> with his workout videos, working out with Rich Clune. But um, I guess they just. Don't trust them to kill penalties. The Leafs are one, not even like right-handed stud defenseman away from being really, really good. They're one penalty killer who they trust to kill penalties away from being really, really hard to stop. Because right now they have a bunch of guys who are so pretty why, good, but they only trust two and a half of them to kill penalties. Why not work one of those guys in then and just and and hack at it? You would think... They'd put a little more effort into that, but they're going back to Roman Polak. I don't get it. The Polak-Borgman pairing, I, no. I know it was only a few games. I saw enough. That was horrible. Sorry, yes, Jesse. Uh, someone on our Reddit page suggested trading uh, a JVR in a package for Ryan Ellis. I've heard that before. He's injured right now. Yeah. When he, when when he comes, comes back. back. No. Steve. I've heard that before <laughs> no. about Ryan Ellis. I'm like, why would that see Nashville? That's their strength. So you are you dealing from strength to address a weakness, and does that therefore diminish your strength? And I think in that case, it does. Why wouldn't you keep your top four the way it is? You know what I was also thinking is you know dealing from a position of strength and a position of weakness. The Leafs' position of strength in any uh, you know trade negotiations with regards to a right hand defenseman, if that is actually going on, is potentially Igor or Ojiganov and the idea that, well, he's a free agent, but the Leafs are going to get him. It's a lock, right? So the Leafs can head into any negotiation with, uh, fine, we'll just walk out. Like they have the ability to walk out or the either the fake or real confidence to walk out of trade talks. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's a little bit of strength. It's not. It's not the greatest backup plan, but it could work. Um, and you never know where Travis Dermott and Timothy Lilligren are si- sitting at. You know, game forty. It's yeah, Dermot. So we're not getting Ryan Ellis. No, no, I don't no. think so. Dermot, hey man, if we Dermot, do, I'm, I'm happy, but I don't think so. Dermot is a little bit more developed, but like asking Lilligren to come in and be the freaking savior, 
like right away. Oh I don't no, think I wouldn't want him to fair. be the savior. I would just want him to play fourth line right-handed minutes. Well, Andy and be able to kill penalties. Is he? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is he going to be your penalty killing stalwart? Like I look, I look at the Marlies, and th- I'm trying to think of who kills penalties on the back end there. I think it's like Leo Laverde and Valiev. Valiev might be Valiev who plays on the right but shoots left. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a shot this year. A lot of people have been talking about him, really? including Babcock last year. I I I bet if the Leafs had to call up a D man, Valiev. And, and uh, Marinson is still an option. I keep forgetting about that, but yeah, then he's got to clear waivers again. Okay, for all the Marinson haters out there, Polak or Marinson? Polak. Stop! Stop it right now! No, no, actually, Polak. No. Wow. Who do you trust more to kill penalties? Polak. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. What's What's the other guy's name? Martin. Marty Marinson. Never heard of him. You're just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, shout out to Brian Boyle who made his fir- who played his first game of the season. Uh, Devils won one nothing over the Canucks. Both teams surprising starts. The Devils are nine and two. Yeah. Stop. Cor- Corey Schneider, man. Corey freaking yeah. Not only are they fast, I don't like with like all the everybody's like all of a sudden the Devils are fast and scary and they're like a buzzsaw. Yes, they also have Corey Schneider, early Vesna Trophy candidate for sure. Uh, Absolutely. A uh, bit of a hitch in the giddy up though is Marcus Johansson going to be okay? Have you seen that picture of him falling face first into the boards? Yes. Rough. Rough. Rough looking. He also may have a face injury. <laughs> like Ryan might. gets left. Um, <laughs> Let's hope that's all. Hey, let's talk about the Cleveland Browns before we get to the press conference. You bet. Okay, so the NFL trade deadline oh, just happened. This is great. <laughs> now, if you think, as an Oilers fan or a Leafs fan or a Coyotes fan, you've had it rough, maybe a Panthers fan, you know, where you're like, man, I, can't, I couldn't get behind our management for so many years. As a Leaf fan, we could relate. We used to yell and scream and, and bash our heads against the wall. The best... And most frustrated fans in in the NFL are Cleveland Brown fans. And the reason I call them the best is that the Cleveland Browns are never good and have never been good. Yeah, I don't think there's a comparable for them in hockey. No, no. and, and There's no comparable. And their fans are the greatest. They sell out every game. They're passionate. They're fired up. They've got the dog pound. They're so excited to be there. They're so excited for Cleveland Browns football. And the Cleveland, Brown, Cleveland Browns this year... And every other year, get the first, you know, first top three pick and continue to not do well. They have had something like, I think it's 20 quarterbacks in the last four years. 20. They're the pre-McDavid Oilers except forever? Yes. (laughs) And, again, their fans are fantastic. Their management's a joke. Now, why do I bring these up? Wow. A lot like the pre-McDavid Oilers. Okay. Yeah. Cleveland Browns haven't won a game this season. Not one. And NFL trade deadline goes and you think, okay— well, this is their opportunity to sell off and get some assets because they've got uh, they've got a lot of draft picks coming up. Why not add more, right? Why not? They decide to make a trade for a quarterback. And not only was that going to be a trade for a quarterback, it was a second and third round pick they for this quarterback that they were going to give up to get a quarterback. Now, the quarterback's A.J. McCarron. He is uh, Andy Dalton's backup in Cleveland, or not Cleveland, Cincinnati, which is a cl- crosstown rival, basically, same state. And he has started three career games. They were going to give up a third and a second for him. Is that a lot? That's a lot. That's a lot for a guy that started three games. Imagine, imagine you get a goalie who started 20 career games and you gave up a second and third round pick. But enough about the Leafs getting Nabokov. Um, uh, not Nabokov, <laughs> Toskala. 
So they work out a deal. Bengals allow the, the Browns to, to take A.J. McCarron. Uh, Bengals are excited about it, getting a second and third round pick for a guy that wasn't probably going to play unless Andy Dalton got injured. And then it all went wrong. How? Well, there's a couple, a couple things. But it might have been self-sabotage, and I think this is the most interesting fact. Because when I first heard about this, it was, oh, they were partying too hard and forgot to, to post. That didn't turn out to be totally true. Oh, I wanted it to be Me true. Too. So multiple sources told the Cleveland Inquirer that there was a disconnect in Cleveland between the personnel department and the coaching staff about McCarron, which hindered talks between the two franchises <laughs> about the quarterback dating back to this spring. Meanwhile, at Cleveland.com, Mary Kay, uh, I think it's Shabbat, uh, reported that the Browns didn't follow email trade protocol. <laughs> and according to Deadspin, like a bunch of dumbasses. Uh, <laughs> the Bengals quickly sent the necessary documents to the NFL, and they copied the Browns on it. But the Browns only sent, uh, sent theirs to the Bengals and not the NFL. So they didn't hit reply all. Oh, my God. A source with knowledge uh, close to the Browns said the sequence of events, uh, they, they told Cleveland.com that the sequence of events kind of went like this. Uh, they signed their document to the Bengals with the expectation that the Bengals would, Bengals would also sign it and forward it to the league. The same source told Cleveland.com that if the Browns had simply copied the NFL in the document they sent to the Bengals, the trade would have gone through. So they... Here's the... <laughs> so not only... Does the personnel department, the player personnel department, and the coaching staff not agree on this guy? One doesn't. One wants him. One doesn't. They are going to give up way too much to get him to maybe win a game this year because they're bad. Their offensive line's bad. Their defensive line, they're just bad. They're bad. So they're going to put a guy who started three career games on a bad team that's never going to get better this year, and they were going to give up future assets to do it. And the only reason it didn't get done is because they didn't hit reply all and save themselves from themselves. That is the apex of stupid. Well, they were so stupid <laughs> that they undid their stupid. Exactly. Yeah. It's they won. They won that. It's like the Leafs missing out on. It's like that meme with the glowing brain. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> so stupid. It's like the Leafs missing out on Dave Boland because Florida was stupider. Yeah. It's like the Leafs trading Jonas Hoagland to yeah. the Boston Bruins, but the trade gets nullified because the fax machine broke. I wanted the party story to be true. Me too. Badly. But That'd that didn't so turn out to be the case. I heard a story, I don't want to say the name, but there was a Canadian music artist who Avril was Levine. struggling. Yeah, there's the only, only like one. five to pick from, so... Drake! No, someone else. Uh, they were struggling so hard to come up with a hook. For a single. They, their album needed a single. And then she said, Skater Boy, I'll see you later, boy. That's it! No, and they came <laughs> up with it, and they freaked out, and they were so happy that they finally came up with a damn hook. And they went out, and they bought a bottle of wine, and they drank the entire thing, like, out of the bottle, celebrating. And then they get into the recording booth, and they go, shit, how did it go? <laughs> they completely forgot. And it was only because, I think it was like an engineer Happened to be there and remembered the hook. He goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, See okay, you okay. Later, boy. It was yeah. actually a really huge hit. I'll tell you after. <laughs> it, was, it was Skater Boy, everyone. Yeah, it well, was Avril, Avril didn't write that. Chantel Crevillasse no, wrote that. Avril it was Avril Lavigne. <laughs> it was definitely Avril Lavigne. Anyway, let's do the press conference, shall we? Yes, the Steve Dangle press conference. Did you know? This is from Iowa Shyhawk. Where are you from? You're right. Did you know 
that Debrinda Cat, as we like to call him, didn't finish high school, but no. is currently taking online courses to complete it. So technically, the Blackhawks have a high schooler playing for them, which means Carey Price has been scored on by someone in high school. I believe that. He got a goal on Carey Price? Yep. That's got to be a great feather in your cap. Eh? Like, it's not just scoring an NHL goal. Like, you know, hey, here's my first NHL goal puck. Like, I want my first I scored on Carey Price puck. Like, <laughs> good feather in your cap. A good shine on your monocle. Yeah. Mm. Like, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> that's a, a shine on your monocle, Adam. <laughs> it's a great horse to your carriage. <laughs> Adam is a 64-year-old woman. Like, That's the oldest feather in your cap. Yeah, you said it. You what said are you talking it. about? One day. Okay, Mr. Projection. <laughs> Adam is going to be a great aunt one day. I'm just making fun of you. I know. I know, but I'm trying to. In your bonnet. It sounds like you have a bee in your it's bonnet, an egg. sir. <laughs> extra, Where was I going? Extra cube of sugar in your tea. Do you have any you comments on Debrinda Cat? Oh, right. If I'm not mistaken, Matt Stajan had his first NHL goal against Martin Brodeur. I don't know why I was ever going to bring it up. It doesn't matter. Divide Next. 12 by 4. 3. Good job. Every time you bring up a random stat, I'm going to ask you to long divide. Oh, that's so hard. That's just division. That's not <laughs> long division. Fine. But, but. I don't know how to do it, but I know what it is. It's got the swiggle <laughs> thing. It's like a um, house. Sorater on our Reddit page says, over in our hockey... An Oilers fan wrote this. Adam, are you listening? I'm listening. I'd rather trade, I'd trade Dreisaitl and Clefbaum for the Leafs' front office without even blinking. <laughs> We'd be right at the start of our second dynasty. I wonder what they could have gotten for Eberly and Hall. I, as you a Leaf what? fan, would not do that. I, yeah, I wouldn't do that. And second, they wouldn't have traded either of them. Yeah, we. I heard someone say couldn't afford it. I heard someone say in the last couple of days that well, they tried uh, McDavid and Hall together, and it didn't work. If you remember McDavid's first season, he played the majority of the games with on the the McPoopoo line, was it or the McYakpoo line, yeah. which was yeah. Benoit Pouliot and Niall Yakupov, and revived both of their careers. Yes. So he played the majority of the time with those two. The other thing that's interesting is that he played only like 41 42 games that first year. So how broke much his did, clavicle. So how much time did they really give it? Not much. You see what I'm saying here? I don't think they gave it any time. Oh, it didn't work after one game. So I'm sorry, Hall, you have to do something else. See, no, I think it was wasn't it they wanted it to be McDavid's room. So they traded Hall. Is that what you heard? I wasn't that one of the big storylines going around. Whatever, ex- <laughs> I put it this way: I haven't heard a good excuse yet. <laughs> if, if that's excuse, come out, then that the, 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 that means the trade is not good. The best excuse is they shed a, they got a little bit of cap room and a player that they needed in a good defenseman who also happened to be right-handed. That's the best excuse, and it's still not a great one. So. Sucks to be the Oilers right now. And the, yeah, and I mean, by the this, way, the, all these segments are going to be really funny when they win the cup this year. Liz, I think they're coming back. I don't think they're dead. Oilers, Leafs. I don't. I'm not so convinced about the Canadians. Uh, but I'm definitely. I think the Oilers are better than this. They're a playoff team. But it's amazing what like confidence in your front office will do. Yeah. Because like, okay, let's say that trade happened. Leafs get Clefbaum and Drysidle. I don't have faith that our new front office of presumably the Oilers front office. Would not screw it up. Yeah, no, no. It it comes down to the like if we got to keep none of the people, we'd be in trouble. Yeah. What if it's only 
Shani and Babcock, and then Lou retires after this year. But Lou gets but to do br- we get, do Lou we, gets to bring in the next two. Do we get to keep Dubas? Yes. I'm okay. And Pridham? No. No. Oh, okay, then no. <laughs> can we can we stop doing something as a entire fan base, please? No, probably no. not. But anyway, yeah, no. okay, because that thing is probably fun. Yeah, it's not. Okay, it's well, maybe it is. <laughs> whenever a move, whenever a decision is made, we try to figure out who in management pushed for it the hardest. We do. I don't do that. Not us. But, I don't think we've ever done that on the uh, show. We might have. <laughs> have we? Uh, maybe. Maybe. But I don't care. It happens on Twitter all the time, and it often goes. Every good move is Dubis. Every bad move is Lou. Sorry, every good move is Dubis Pridham. Every bad move is Lou Hunter. Mm, uh, yeah, I see that. Yeah, yeah. Mark Hunter brought us Mitch Marner and William Nylander. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah but also, <laughs> what about that sixth rounder who's big and not that good? What about Mottenen or not? Yeah, every bad draft pick is blamed on Mark Hunter. Yeah, yeah. every yeah. big guy. Yeah. Stop. You don't Okay. There are there is a little bit of evidence to maybe poke you in the direction of maybe it was Hunter, maybe it was Dubas. You don't freaking know that. Unless like Elliot Friedman comes out and says this, that, and the other. Like there is only one real behind the curtain story we've heard. Um confirmed by like multiple people, and that was supposedly Babcock fighting tooth and nail to get, I want to say it was one of Hannafin or Wierenski instead of Marner. That's it. And that's Babcock. It's not even technically a member of management. And Hunter was the one who put his foot down and said, Marner. Boy, two, would two out of three look good. But two, <laughs> two out of three of those guys would have been fine. But and you have to look at it. All three. Wait, well, Hannafin Hannafin's good, <laughs> yeah. but I think if you wanted on Mitch Mitch Marner had a great year last year. Zach Wierenski had a great year last year. Um, yeah, but he's I on the fourth on line level. now, so he's a bust. So who Wierenski or no, no Marner. Marner? Oh, he's a total bust. He's a bust. No, he's he's great. Um, yeah, I, I, listen, any I don't think any of those picks could have been that wrong, and I think Hannafin would look great in a Leafs jersey. And I love the the call. What is it? The, there's always that talk about um, Hannafin coming to the Leafs for some reason. Because uh, people are talking about that. I don't think that's going to happen, but... I don't know what that's based on. Whenever a trade rumor recurs, I always wonder if it's, like, someone's brainchild or, like, they're actually hearing something. Over or and over or is it a bunch of people going, yeah, I could see that. I Well, like, the other day when Kiprios was talking about Marner for Hannafin, I was like, all right, I understand. Like, his reasoning was fine. Mm-hmm. Everyone was jumping on him, but, like, his reasoning was solid. It's just, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. In the same way, like, Hall for Larson. I get it. Totally get it. I wouldn't do it. But I get it, at very least. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, trades. Oh, hypothetical trades. Aren't they pointless? Is that all for the press conference? That is. Okay, well, that's it for us. Uh, today, we're going to uh, come back Tuesday. With more stuff, we've got a game in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, I think is the pronunciation. I don't think anybody pronounces it that way. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Okay. That's how Bugs Angeles. Bunny pronounces it. Angeles. Um, so we're Who Los Angeles tonight. wins the game by what score tonight? Oh, boy. McElhaney against one of the hottest teams on the second half of a back-to-back. <sighs> Leafs 3-1. <laughs> I'm going to say 5-3. Is the score four? 
I think Adam nailed it. I'm going to change it to five three kings. <laughs> Man, I hope it's not. I are they? Is it unfair to put McElhaney in there? <laughs> yes, <laughs> against the top. What yes. are the NHL's top That's teams? What backup goalies does do. this ever? Does this scream? We want Calvin Pickard up here as soon as possible to you. Because that's well, what it says to me. You know what's interesting is McElhaney, after only playing one game this season and looking good in it, um, Sparks just set the Marley shutout record. For one season or just career? Career. Well, that's, that'd be amazing if he already broke it. He's had a shutout in every game, has not allowed a goal this season. Marley I mean, shutout record. Well, that just means he's played too many games with the Marleys. Need to I'm call kidding. Him up. That's not that's not true at Need all. Need to call him up. We should trade Garrett Sparks for Connor McDavid. I'm gonna text and Chris Letang. No. Oh, and, and Chris, Chris Letang. Letang. And we'll get all those guys and trade yeah. them for Noah Hannafin. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. With Mitch Marner. Done. Carolina loves it. All right, Edmonton, hire me. We're out of here. Love you guys. We'll uh, we'll talk to you Tuesday. And uh, in the meantime, go Leafs go. Through the Kings. Happy guys. What's happening this weekend? We're done. Bye. (laughs) Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.